0: Hello listeners and welcome to the Odds Profit podcast. It's December and the frenetic festive football period is upon us and what better early Christmas present than a full set of prime Premier League picks for the weekend. I am Simon Winter Wonderland and I'm joined once again by Andy Feliz Navidad Furlong, who I'm sure has something in his sack for all of you today.
1: How are you today, Andy? All geared up for the festivities? You could have just called me Andy festive far along or something like that.
0: I'd already used the word festive though. Ah, uh, Okay, okay. Yeah, I but I'm, pr- I'm pretty
1: good. I'm pretty good.
0: I'm all coffeeed up and ready to go. Oh, nice one. Alright, so let's get the important stuff out of the way first. This podcast is about betting and gambling, so you must be aged 18 or over to listen in. And if you do follow our tips this weekend, then please gamble responsibly because you must be a responsible gambler. Okay. Alright then, time to get cracking and according to my notes I'm up first with Friday night's fixture between Brentford and Watford in London. So it's the Bees versus the Hornets of course in a battle between two of the most famous insects with arse barbs. Um, The clubs were promoted together from the Championship last season of course, Watford automatically and Brentford through the playoffs. Though Brentford took four points from the two second tier meetings with Watford last season and they have coped better with the step up the pyramid so far, would you agree?
1: Oh yeah, definitely, they've had a really good season, uh, very solid performances so far, real tough to beat So
0: Yeah, real tough to beat Ahead of Saturday's game, Brentford have lost just once in four, while Watford have lost three on the bounce In fact, it's been a proper baptism of fire for Claudio Ranieri on his Premier League return With six defeats in eight Though that run of games did include tussles with Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, <laughs> Leicester, Chelsea and Man City That's a pretty ridiculous run I think and I hope the owners of Watford take this into consideration before jettisoning poor Claudio they actually interestingly Ranieri is already third favourite for the job <laughs> behind uh, Rafa Benitez and Ralph hassenhudel is second okay. favourite which I thought was a little bit strange now Watford are the only team in the Premier League who have yet to keep a clean sheet this season though they are eighth for goals scored and they've actually notched more so far than Arsenal Everton and Tottenham so look that's Green's Goals at both ends to me And when you consider that Both teams to score Has landed in 9 of Brentford's Last 11 games In all competitions too This looks a super bet At even money Or 2.0 It would be remiss of me Not to point out That Ivan Tony Will probably be out For Brentford this weekend Having tested positive For Covid Though the bees Scored twice at Leeds Last time out In his absence So I think they'll be Okay So both teams to score there Even money
1: Yeah Sounds like
0: it makes sense Thank you. What do you mean? It sounds like sounds like a mix. That sense. suggests it doesn't totally make sense to you. <laughs> All right, then. What have you got up first for us, please?
1: Uh, up first for me, Simon, is Man City hosting Wolves at the Etihad Stadium. So I always seem to get Man City. Man City, you're terrible. They're ter- <laughs> like Man City, you're brilliant, right? But they're that's not ter- by design, I must say. Yeah, they're a terrible side to try and find value in anything that they're doing. Like they're so so good, but they're like really good in a very robotic way it's like they've got no goal scorer for you to bank on there's no like set like pattern of strike or anything like that in the team they're just as likely to strangle a game 1-0 as they are to rack up a huge scoreline like they, they score goals but not a bucket lot of goals out of the way Liverpool would like they've scored 14 fewer goals than Liverpool have after 15 games you know significant yeah which is fine and I'm not saying otherwise I'm saying it from a betting value point of view which are very hard to extract value from I mean if you take over 2.5 goals in a game for example a team like City who wins so comfortably so regularly and so dominantly over 2.5 goals has come up seven times in their 15 games so far this so <laughs> it's just as likely to happen as it is not happen so like look they're awesome they really are awesome I'm I'm talking purely in betting terms here it's a compliment if anything that they're almost too balanced to try and squeeze value out of Like, but and then Wolves on the other hand are extremely solid side they had a really poor start to the season they lost four of their first five matches since then they've only had two defeats and that was a way to a, a, an away game to Liverpool and a, a defeat to a very tough to beat Palace side uh, but goals have been very hard to come by With just 12 of them so far this season um, Of the goals they've scored so far Only 6 well, six of those have come from home And 6 have come on the road But the goals that have scored on the road um, Only came in 2 different games like in, Against Watford and Villa So, And both of those games The Watford and Villa games were before The managerial changes at Watford and Villa So that those teams were kind of struggling Villa don't score very often on the road Basically like. Um, the other away goal was like to a very leaky defence of, of uh, Leeds United so um, I think that those three teams that they've scored on the road against are a completely different proposition to the, what they're going to face at the weekend City are a completely different category altogether to, the, to those Villa, Watford and Leeds sides and on top of that City have only conceded three goals at home all season and two of those were in one game in a 2-0 defeat to Palace so Man City to win and both teams to not score is 4-6 to or 1.67 that's not a lot of value but seeing as it's just as likely to happen the other way, Man City to win an over or under 2.5 goals, take your pick. Comes in at eight to five or 2.6.
0: Okay, yeah, there's enough to go on there. Yeah. I like the first one to be honest. I say, I mean, 1.67, it's a little bit skinny, but there's still
1: yeah, yeah. it's just enough tough, wiggle. There's like there, like there's nowhere is offering much value on this game. Wolves aren't really scoring away from home. Man City, you're a dominant beast, and there's just it's really hard to find somewhere to you know, yeah. It's, find a a bit of value. it's a tricky one. It's a tricky
0: one. Yeah. But look, it's a good solid one. Yeah, cheers. keeps us on track. So next up for me is Arsenal versus Southampton. I'm off to London, Gavner. <laughs> Do you like my Cockney accent there?
1: I, I I thought it was spot on.
0: Thank you very much, Dick Van Dyke has nothing on me, man. So Arsenal have had a bit of a nightmare on Monday against Everton, where they lost for the third time on the spin on the road in a two one defeat. But they've looked far more comfortable at home. I think generally they've pocketed 16 points from the last 18 available there and they start Sunday's game as 3 to 5 or 1.6 favorite to beat Southampton which is you know goes without saying really it's pretty obvious. Um Southampton have won just once away from St Mary's since the campaign started so they've got a bit of travel sickness there Andy. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, they're just they're averaging just over a point a game so far altogether. They're still pretty tough to beat though which is kind of remarkable given their perennial asset stripping. I know we talked about Hassan being the second favorite for the for the sack but to keep a team at such a competitive level, despite not really strengthening and despite losing your best players, is, is pretty good going.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's very um, similar to Arsenal a few years ago, but on a, on a smaller scale. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough to stay competitive if you're going to like lose your best player or two every single season. Of course it is.
0: However, this weekend, both Oriel Romeo and Mohamed Salisu were suspended, having picked up their fifth bookings of the season and last weekend's 1-1 draw with Brighton. And their absences leave pretty big holes to fill in defence and midfield, with first and second choice keepers Fraser Forster and Forster, <laughs> and Alex McCarthy both out as well. And short-term signing Willie Caballero set to start between the sticks. Things look stacked further against Southampton here. I think Caballero is 40. He's been training with MK Dons. I think he's been out of contract since May, so he'll be he'll be rusty. Yeah. And bald still. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, maybe, maybe he's in a way of growing his hair. Oh, maybe. Who knows? Um, I'm picking Arsenal to win here, but um, the Gunners aren't exactly pulling up trees and attack. Um, I think the record is 18 goals in 15 games so far, so they're not prolific. Aubameyang is well off colour, I think, this season. So if you combine a home win with under four goals, you get 11-8 to 8 or 2.38, which is a kind of a meaty combo. So that's an Arsenal win combined with under four goals that's that's pretty good <laughs> thanks that's very good wait look listener I'm sure you'll agree Andy keeps sounding surprised every time he thinks I've done, <laughs> yeah, I've done yeah, something yeah. good
1: I just i just complimenting your best um, yeah but if
0: you could if I could somehow translate his facial expression into words it'd be the fuck <laughs> <laughs> am I doing here <laughs> <laughs> anyway look that's my uh, my tip from the Emirates so we're off to oh we're staying in London We're staying in London Andy We are Uh, Leeds are heading to London
1: To play Chelsea At Stamford Bridge
0: Do you have a a Cockney accent That you'd like to
1: I do not No No Okay No All right then (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I remember uh, A few weeks ago was my first episode On the pod And I I Chatted Some I was going to say I was going to say I I chatted I chatted about Chelsea And their over performance in In their XG Conceded um, since that point, I don't want to say like I told you so or anything, like, but that's since, exactly what you're saying. Since that point, they, at that point in time, they've only conceded four goals in the league They've conceded six in the last four. Oosh. Um So I'm, I'm, I'm. It's, it's really reassuring for us to know that like the managers of these Premier League clubs are listening to this podcast and they're, they're <laughs> feeling emboldened by what we're saying to them. Like you know, because they've conceded six goals now in their last four games against Burnley Watford, Man United, and West Ham. Um, but look. I, I, their defence and their team is still obviously very good. I just thought they were overperforming in their XG. Right now, they're probably, I think mean, they've they want to concede the same amount of goals as Man City. So, like, it's just they were way overperforming before. So, I'm not saying they've got like a, a horrible defence or anything. Because actually, a lot of what you can say about City earlier on can kind of be applied to Chelsea, too. They're good. Like, they're, they're real good. They're, they're excellent, even, but they're very matter of fact in the way they play. I remember. Member, member berries. I remember. I remember. I remember back in the back in like when English sides would go away in Europe and they would play a game that was like as dull as waiting in line at the post office, and it would be hailed as like a sensible professional performance. I think that's just Chelsea every game now. Like you know, it's like get the job done, but in a pretty unremarkable way most of the time. So it's like it's like they're they're very solid and they're very consistent, but like the way you can kind of like lump on Liverpool the to just like score a hundred goals every game, like Chelsea, you're a little bit more unremarkable. But yet they're very consistent, so odds on winning games are always very slim pickings for Chelsea. Like you know, Leeds. Then on the other hand, like I don't know if Leeds are the right team right now to cost uh, or test Chelsea's defense. This this overperforming defense. Leeds are generally lacking a bit of firepower right now. Now they have stabilised themselves in recent weeks. They had two wins and three draws and just one defeat in their last six. And that one defeat was a narrow two-one defeat away to Spurs um they they just don't keep a lot of clean sheets though so they've just had two clean sheets all season and both of those both out of those two clean sheets have come in their last three seasons in their last three games so maybe there's signs of a bit of a corner being turned there but um they seem to be on the road to recovery but that road can be long with many bumps and i think that they want to have a pretty large roadblock in front of them this weekend at Stamford bridge so like i said very similar to city in all regards including finding value when it comes to chelsea matches um and therefore it's a similar looking bet to the, to the Man City one from earlier on. But Chelsea to win and both teams to not score is 11-10 to 10 or 2.1. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. Has um, Chelsea's... Well, is can you call it a dip officially? Like a, a slight regression?
1: Uh, it's a, I would it, say it's a slight regression. I mean, look... Like has automation- it coincided
0: with the return of... No, Lukaku. it hasn't. It hasn't. <laughs>
1: Lukaku has, has came back, but he's, he he only started his first game last night. Um, so he was off the bench in the last two games. They're also missing Kovacic and Kante and you know they key are, key players. Yeah, they're yeah. missing players. Yeah, I do think they are in. I'd say three of the four best teams in Europe at the moment. Probably results wise. But I would put them as the fourth. Do you know what I kind yeah, of thing Like it yeah. also. You know, do you
0: think the way Tuchel is a two killer Tuchel? Or Tuchel? I don't
1: know. Uh, yeah, it's probably neither Thomas. It's, yeah, yeah, we we'll call do, him Thomas. Do you think T. the Chelsea
0: manager his um, habit for chopping and changing his team so much, and like not even just in terms of personnel, but in terms of personnel in certain positions? Like on, um the other night against Zenith they I think Reece James started central midfield. He, did, he, yeah. he likes to experiment an awful lot, doesn't he? Does he, that that can't lead to kind of conducive, fluid performances?
1: Yeah. that's in, that's probably true. I th- I think he's the most interesting thing about it. Chelsea. Does is good old Tommy T. Um, he always does seem to come up with a really good way of of of, of stuff. Yeah, stuff that you don't think would work, but. Generally speaking, he seems to just find the right the right solution to get the job done. Like like I said, in often in an unremarkable way. They're not the most entertaining team you're gonna watch, but they, they always just seem to grind out results. There was a lot of teams, uh a lot of people were picking them as one as their, their team to win the title this year. I never really felt no, that neither, was right. No. They were definitely a step up on where they were, I think like and they're in that category of you know, the, they're in the top three that are like there's a there's a big divide now between that tree and everybody else, certainly this season anyway. But I would still put them, but like that little bit behind City and Liverpool. Like, I would imagine they're in that top three. But I personally, at this point in time, would probably pick them to come third in that three. Like, do you know what I mean? So, Which is no. I mean, it's no shame. No, no, absolutely the not. The other it's two true. are
0: two of the three best teams in Europe, alongside Bayern. Yeah, you think.
1: yeah, and I, that's that when I said three of the four best teams. I would have thrown Bayern into that mix there as well. Like, so yeah. But I'd say that they're just just a shy bit of the order. The other three, like you yeah, know what I mean? that makes so, yeah.
0: sense. Cool. Okay can you just repeat that bet because I've, I've kind of lost it now so that's Chelsea Sorry it was Chelsea to win and, and both, both teams, teams not, to not score,
1: score yeah. which is 11 to 10 or 2.1
0: Cool <laughs> Okay I'm off to Anfield next where it's Stephen Gerrard Day as one of Liverpool's all time greats returns to his old stomping ground or stamping ground if you're under Herrera, <laughs> with his new Aston Villa charges. So Gerrard's tenure with Villains has started really well. Three wins from four is a more than productive haul, I think. And they gave City a decent run for their money and their only defeat under Gerrard so far. I think that was 2-1. Mm-hmm. Um, Gerrard will be desperate for his team to produce a similarly competitive performance against Liverpool back in his hometown. But it's kind of difficult to see how Villa can really compete. Liverpool have been frighteningly consistent. All their injuries have cleared up for the most part. Their players look energised, and full of running. Um, their win at Milan on Tuesday was their 11th victory in 13 games in all competitions. They became the first English club ever to win all six Champions League group games, which is a pretty remarkable statistic. Um, Salah is terrorising everyone and they're averaging slightly under three goals a game. I fear they'll have too much firepower for Villa, but as you can imagine... An awful lot of markets like Chelsea and City, they've been priced too skinnily to pursue, but you can get I think this is a better win for a couple of weeks ago that landed as well. You can get eight to eleven or one point seven three on Liverpool to score in both halves. That's something they've done in seventy three percent of their league fixtures so far this term. That's a whopping statistic that's a lot yeah. And bettors on the lookout for anytime scorers could do well, though, to ignore Salah this week despite his prolific streak. He's wanted 2 I think, mm. so why bother? Um, instead, both Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota look better options at evens to net any time. Personally, I prefer the Portuguese. He's a bit more wily in and around the box this season, certainly. He's hit four goals in his last four league appearances and he just has that knack. Superb in the air for a little fella. Can finish off both feet. And Mane still looks that kind of... He looks so greedy for goals that he's making the wrong decision. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like um, he's a bit too
0: desperate to score. It seems that way. He's, he's he's almost... He shouldn't be because he's a teammate, but he seems to be really threatened by Salah all yeah, the time. That's yeah, what it looks like. Yeah. He's trying to match him stride for stride, and it's okay not to. I mean, you know. Um, so, yeah. Liverpool to score in both halves. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 a really good bet. And, like, yeah, you're dead right. I, I would probably plump for Jada there as well. Like you said, four goals in his last four games. He had a Big miss against Wolves as well So like Could have been A little bit higher than that So like yeah. he's, he's always He's always in dangerous areas He's a really underrated striker right I
0: now. remember when Liverpool signed him It was like Crap money Was it, What was it 16 million or something yeah, or Was it yeah. that low It was something very it was low ver,
1: It was low It was very good price In today's yeah. market yeah. And I
0: remember talking to a Liverpool Supporting friend of ours Saying Kind of making We no don't that, have any of them <laughs> <laughs> Making those Oh noises How did they get him for that price He's going to yeah. do so well and for once, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's the end of part one. But before we make the segue into part two, I've got a quiz for Andy lined up. Okay, Andy, you know what time it is? It is quiz time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Now, I struggled for an idea this week, so this one might not be... Look, let's just go. Let's just go. People <laughs> like doing... <kind laughs> of, that's not... <laughs> not <good. Let's> just did it over. People like um, doing these kind of anniversary things, so... Um, I thought twenty years ago today oh, no. was Sunday the ninth of December. No. Between that day and the eighth, which was a Saturday the day before, there were ten Premier League fixtures on and I have questions for you about them. Twenty years ago. That's two thousand and one. Oh no. When people were better off alone. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, you ready to rock? Yeah. I think there are only eight questions. They've kind of got a mix of not always like who scored, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I'll just go. So on Saturday, the 8th of December 2001, Manchester United lost 1 0 (laughs) at home to West Ham. But who was Man United's manager? (laughs) No. (laughs) Who scored? (laughs) Who scored the game's only goal? Paulo de Canio. Eh. It's a Premier League fixture, remember, not FA Cup.
1: Paulo de Canio.
0: Yeah, if you, I can give you two more guesses, I guess. Um, guesses, I guess. Is this what the
1: quiz is going to be? <laughs> <laughs> snappy, Andy. Snappy answers. Let's go. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pass.
0: What? I pass. Like one West Ham player from back then, you can't even. No, I'm. I'm. Who used to score loads of goals? I'll give I'm, you another hint. I'm drawing a blank. He went to Tottenham after that small, diminutive striker. Jermaine Defoe. Bing.
1: I don't even remember that. I goal. never would have. I, but honestly, I would. Yeah, I don't remember that goal either. I'm trying to. I usually have a really good memory for. Did he
0: smash it in near post high kind of yeah. route for the net?
1: And like to be honest, in a month of Arte's Sundays, I wouldn't have picked fall there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Well, even 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 um, your first clue there. I think I was when you first started giving the clue. I think I was going to say Freddie Canute or something. Oh yeah, there's been quite a bit of a
0: across yeah. yeah, there, but. Uh, John O'Shea actually made his debut that day too <laughs> There you Completely go Completely unrelated <laughs> <Fun> fact. <laughs> Did he make a mistake for a football <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Like legend that he is He yeah. deserved a nod um, Question two Southampton recorded a rollicking 4-0 win at Leicester the same day Who was the Saints manager that day? 2001
1: 2001
0: Tell me if you'd like a hint
1: Yeah I'm going to need a hint
0: Ginger Scotsman <laughs> Who could that be? Come on now. A ginger Scottish manager.
1: A ginger Scottish manager. Blimey. There's only been one. I feel like I've... I'm just... He's wee. I don't know. He
0: was always very funny in press conferences and gave sarcastic answers. He used to play for Man United. He used to play for Leeds. Winger. Jinkin Winger.
1: um, Gordon Strachan.
0: There you go. I don't don't, don't feel
1: like I'm getting these though. You're essentially telling me the answer because it's... David Moyes, not a ginger Scottish, Scottish Scotsman
0: I guess, manager, I suppose, yeah. And yeah. Alex McLeish. That threw me off. He was off. the first one. See, that <laughs> threw me off. Oh, right. so <laughs> I was like, the David Moyes managed <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. So Liverpool beat Middlesbrough 2-0 on the Saturday to go six points clear at the top of the table. Where did they eventually finish that season? Second. Correct. So who won the league for bonus point? Arsenal. And who came third? Man United. Boom. Excellent. He's recovering. He's <laughs> on the road there. There's life in the old bones. Okay. Uh, Charlton Athletic beat Tottenham 3-1. Oh. At the Valley that day, there were two future Premier League managers in the Tottenham squad.
1: There were two future Premier League managers. Can
0: you name them? So 2001.
1: 2001. Um, it's so. These are really hard. They are. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that like they're really obvious. Like it's just when no. you're when, when you're sitting here. Okay, okay. So let's just start again then. Right? So, Fleeting,
0: kind of. Um, they were a bit of a man. They didn't last that long in their jobs.
1: Gus Poyet was That's one. one of them. Yeah, well done. Gus Poyet was one of them, and Tim Sharwood was the other. Oh my god, he did it! Yay! That's See, really good. Sometimes you like, like you feel like you're just not going to get any of them. And if, but like, yeah, just kind of give yourself like 10 seconds or something. Like you know, And like, things start to really fill in. in. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a really good answer though. Okay. As soon as you said Charlton, I was like, oh no.
0: I <laughs> couldn't find anything worth kind of asking a question <laughs> yeah, about with him. I think that guy Leslie's going to I was like, if the answer's
1: those. not Alan I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God, that seems like such a long time ago now. Yeah. Almost 20 years here. <laughs>
1: yeah. I nearly didn't go for poya because it, it feels like he was at Chelsea... Longer than that, I don't know. But you're looking. It does, that. yeah. It was a punt, really. Yeah. That's a
0: real kind of wishy-washy period. There yeah. were so many players swapping. Yeah. Um. So we're on to Sunday the ninth now. So, like literally twenty years ago today. Um. Oh, this should be much easier then. <laughs> Arsenal. Huh? Arsenal beat Aston Villa three two at Highbury. Which former Gunner gave Villa the lead in the game with that superb lob in the first half. And I'll give you a hint if you like.
1: Oh. Um. Was it Paul Merson?
0: It was Paul Merson. You were finishing strongly. Thank you. Well done. Um, So this is a non-football question. (laughs) On the 9th of December 2001, which song was top of the charts in the UK?
1: I I honestly have no idea, but because you led with it, I'm going to say better off alone.
0: Oh, no, sorry. I I could see why you did that. I thought I just might have been in your head subconsciously. um let's see that, that, go- like, that was probably like 1999 you have to get through this question you just have to
1: oh it was daniel Bedingfield. you gotta get through this we'll figure it out Thank you. I, I didn't think that was that obvious you're, you're, you're got to get through this
0: you to get through this to make gonna make it, oh. <laughs>
1: daniel 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 we're recording sorry
0: <laughs> okay um sunday as well denied so newcastle won one nil at ipswich in a game where Magpie's boss Bobby Robson led a team out against his old club at Portman Road Can I stop you there? Yes
1: Can you start the question again Because I was, I was actually humming the
0: song in my head And I missed the start of the question Can sure. you start again? Newcastle won 1-0 at Ipswich Newcastle 1-0 at Ipswich In a game where Magpie's boss Bobby Robson led a team out against his old club at Portman Road <laughs> Okay <laughs> so, <laughs> Peruvian Norberto Solano got the winner Do you remember him? Do you I remember do. it? I do Remember Berries? Remember? Remember Flumps?
1: Ember? I'm can Ember. you
0: can you name another just one other Peruvian Premier League footballer? Just one from Peru.
1: Mm.
0: We have a massive following in Peru, so don't um, insult anybody. Hola.
1: Can you has has there been many? Do you, have, you no. have a list, or do you have one?
0: I have a list, of course, because that would make sense to have it.
1: No, but is it a list, or is it one person on a list? There are five names okay. on the
0: list, including Nobby Solano.
1: Okay, so four others. Okay, whoever whoever you, you, doubt. Whoever, whoever you have as number 2 on your list, can you give me a clue of what club did they play for?
0: Oh, that's probably the best one actually. So, he played for Chelsea for one season. A veteran. Uh, he played in the Bundesliga for with great success and was pretty shite for <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs>
1: uh, um, no, I think I'm going I think I'm I, uh
0: his sec the surname kind of sounds like the most famous Italian dish Spaghetti Second most famous Madan, yeah. <laughs> Pizza I would have thought Would be their most famous dish No, so Claudio Pizzaro Do you remember him? Oh, Burly yes. striker Heavy shouldered yeah, I think he ra- played ra- for ra- Bayern Munich For a while
1: Yeah and he played for Chelsea Around 2009
0: Oh 708 So yeah close enough oh, No bonus points though
1: No okay um, There's only two more questions For some silly reason I was trying to think I, I think it was completely my fault, but I was trying to like think twenty years ago, like and I was yeah, yeah no that wasn't
0: the question at all. Though, so no, it wasn't the question at all. But yeah. I could see why you went there. Yeah, because um, your a small brain. Because <laughs> I'm a fool. Yeah, <laughs> you fool. Um, so Chelsea escaped the Stadium of Light with a nil draw when they played Sunderland on that Sunday. They were absolutely hammered. Carlo Cudicini made a string of wonderful saves, saved a penalty, blah blah blah. Three future Champions League winners were in Chelsea's team that day. Who were they?
1: Future champions
0: Two of them are quite obvious.
1: John Terry and Frank Lampard.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's one more.
1: Yeah, is the other one?
0: Speak up! Speak up, man!
1: Is the other one? So I, is it a trick sort of question?
0: He looks like the actor Paul Bettany. Do
1: you know who that is? Yeah, I do know who that is. I'm trying to think what Chelsea player looks like him Uh, because I think what what
0: colour hair does Paul Bettany have blonde what kind of countries have blonde hair generally Swedish up that direction let's see so a Norwegian he's a forward not Norwegian but
1: Scandinavia-ish oh Idergo johnson yeah. Yeah, see I okay, I was thinking I was I never I probably wouldn't have got him. I was thinking it was like a trick question and someone might have played for Chelsea and then moved to Liverpool and won it in two thousand five. I was trying to rack my brains on Liverpool's size. Oh, okay. But I, I I I probably after going down if I had it taken long enough and killed the listeners at Radio Silence <laughs> I probably would have like gone through Liverpool and then started thinking somewhere else. Maybe I would have ended up with good Johnson. But I was figuring it was a one of them was not gonna one up with Chelsea. So yeah, I, was, yeah. I was I was thinking yeah. along those lines like
0: well, your logic was good, but you didn't get the answer. The answer was crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, this is the last question, and it's kind of football related, but not really. Um, Jacob <laughs> was the most popular boy's name in the US in 2001.
1: Okay. Yeah, we all remember that. It was of yeah, course, the, yeah. The Jacob, Jacob everywhere. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the most popular girl's name was the surname of a current Leicester City player. Can you guess it? Telemans. Telemans Murphy no it wasn't Telemans so think of American girls names and a Leicester City
1: player and it's the Leicester City's surname surname
0: is the first name of the the most popular girls name Elliot current um Leicester player yeah do they have an Elliot playing for them (laughs) no I don't who was I thinking of who was I thinking of I don't know um just go through their regular. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to thing. run down through the thing there now. It's pretty moment. easy when
1: you. Yeah, I, I, I. Madison.
0: Spot on. Boom. And can you guess the seventh most popular boy's name that year? Andy. Yay! <laughs> Andy, Andy or Andrew
1: is always up there. It's a solid bankable name, guys. If, if, like, if you're listening, and but surely you, know, you
0: don't want too many more Andys out there, though. No, it's it's it's. I know it's handy being Andy, but
1: and everyone's always got a friend call Andy like a solid friend call Andy like listeners if if, if you're a woman who's now expecting or you're a man who's uh, has a child on the way or you know somebody who's expecting and they're looking for inspiration for baby names tell them Andy
0: it works for boys and girls yeah. actually
1: yeah and you can, if you want to be cool, you can spell Andy with an I, A-N-D-I, you know, or you can spell Andrew, A-N-D-R-O. Can you spell
0: Andy with two E's at the end? You can do whatever way you want. Three E's? I could, I could spell Andy
1: Simon and just say, oh, well, I spell it that way. I identify Andy. as Andy. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you can
1: spell it whatever way you want, guys. Go nuts. But Andy, everyone needs a solid friend called Andy.
0: All right. I wish I had one. Oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well done. So uh, we'll be back with part two in a minute. Congratulations, Andy. I, I'm not sure how many you got, but it wasn't many maybe four I think I think I, I think I got four I think okay. I had a really
1: strong middle section and a terrible start and a terrible finish is what well right, happened yeah. there yeah, yeah.
0: you've heard that before <laughs>
1: okay let's just put that behind us and get on with part two
0: okay welcome back to part two of this week's odds profit podcast Andy you're up first on part two what do you have for us
1: we have a Man United trip to Carroll Road to take on Norwich So I seem to be getting all the title contenders this week, Uh, City and Chelsea, and now I got the other big boys, Man United. So uh, all bets are off. Simon, is it too soon to say that United are back? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, they managed to keep their first clean sheet since 1976 against Palace (laughs) last week. Uh, Things have certainly got off to a, a good start under new manager Ralph Ragnick. There was lots of interesting stats about their performance, which bodes well. But I don't really want to go into them too much here. As it's obviously a very small sample size to be trying to base any judgments on, but um, like they ran far less, or at least they covered less distance. But maybe they might have worked harder or smarter instead, you know. But um, there were some really interesting other stats, like facing less shots um, than the average so far this season. But again, that's kind of like it's it's only one game. However, other positive uh, stats were um, something that you'd be quite upbeat about if you're an United fan. They were they were making more tackles. They had more, they had ten more tackles in the average game for Man United this season. Um, More duels won Winning the ball Back in the opposition third All that kind of stuff Stats basically In the category of effort And that's something The Man United have struggled on So far this season (laughs) How long will it last With these guys That's a positive sign If it's a little early To draw any conclusions But look look, There's been heavy rotation Heavy rotation uh, During the week In the Champions League Versus young boys So they should all be Pretty well rested And they probably needed one Ronaldo looked like He was absolutely Bet at the end of the game did you see that he looked like he was absolutely knackered didn't he um, yeah he well, did there's going to be a lot of running to do under Ralph um, do you
0: notice? Know sorry to cut across there yeah, but yeah. do you know when um, Ronaldo was sprinting back to maybe track or run or whatever his legs looked like they stop kind yeah. of working by the time he finishes the yeah. run and he looks like he's going to fall over
1: there was a couple of times like in the last two minutes before he came off where he got the ball and it looked like he didn't have the energy to just kick it away at anybody like he was just kind of going uh. and then when he they ran for that counter attack towards the end of the game and it didn't come to him and he just walked off the pitch going uh, uh, take me off Gaffer take me off <laughs> Um, so yeah, look, there's going to be a lot of running, but at least he's, at least they seem to be putting in that the hard work right now anyway. So, but Norwich on the other hand have definitely improved and they look like they're playing a lot better. And look, I know it all sounds cliche that they look more organised and better drilled, but like they just do. I know it's a cliche, but they just do look a little bit better. They've only lost one of their last five, uh, with two wins and two draws. amongst them, uh, one of those wins did come before the change manager from Daniel Farr to Dean Smith to Dean Smith. Um, but they've still conceded five goals in four games under Dean Smith. So Norwich are improved, but it's kind of hard to see past the Man United win this weekend. I haven't had too many chances this season to say I'm confident <laughs> of a United win going into the weekend. But this is, I think, I'm fairly confident. I'm not saying it's a nailed on, but like, I can't remember feeling confident of a United win going into a weekend. So famous last words. Both teams to score has been an all reliable for Man United games this season, so why not United to win and both teams to score comes in at six to four
0: or two point five. Oh, wow, that's bigger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, pretty, pretty juicy. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I can't see United keeping a clean sheet. Now, really. who's
1: surprised that someone's making a bet?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll try and cut down those uh, noises for you next time. All right, so (laughs) um, my first Sunday fixture takes place at the King Power Stadium. It's Leicester versus Newcastle or the Foxes versus the Magpies in the nickname wars, if that's your thing. (laughs) Um, Judging um, fan sentiment using online methods is is always a pretty dangerous way to get a rounded picture on anything, I feel. But it does seem like more and more Leicester supporters are done with Brendan Rodgers. Um, their 2-1 reverse at Villa last weekend pushed them down into the bottom half of the table they've already dropped points in more than half of their home games since the campaign kicked off too you think surely that Rodgers has kind of plenty of credit in the bank from the FA Cup win but I don't know something's a brewing
1: something's definitely brewing there yeah. and look and you, you kind of can be punished for overachieving in your own job a little bit as well sometimes and the fact that he was in the top four for like some mad number of like like
0: game weeks let's yeah, say and, yeah.
1: and then managed to finish outside the top four for those two seasons then probably does rankle with some fans and that bruise and then it's it was his head turned because he thought he might have been in with a shout at Man United mm. job and you know suddenly. it's only human
0: to be disappointed in that sense to miss out on top four in successive seasons yeah, yeah. but you have to be sensible too and to acknowledge that it would have been an insane achievement to get yeah, them in there absolutely. so to come so close to within a week or two each time Yeah, I don't know. But look, memories are short in football. But, I mean, the flip side is that every single player looks like they've dipped in performance this season. Now, it could be that a good chunk of them need a change of scenery, along with Rodgers himself. I mean, when you think Tielemans has been there since 2019, Madison since 2018, and Didi since 2017, and so on. And no disrespect to Leicester, but I'm sure a number of their best players saw them as kind of a stepping stone type of club. And I hate to say that because it might annoy a few Leicester supporters but it's the truth really. Yes, yeah. They'll be looking to make that step. they have been linked with loads of clubs and never quite materialised but yeah, there could be a bit of a, a changing of the guard soon there I think. Manager and playing staff. Um. So anyway, look. First, let's see. Back to the game. Where am I? Newcastle! That's right! They finally got their first win of the season last weekend in what felt like a significant day against Burnley. It wasn't pretty, but it certainly was deserved on the balance of play. Now, a first win doesn't automatically suggest an imminent upswing in fortunes, but it should help to raise confidence levels. Newcastle were direct and aggressive, and it should cause Leicester a headache or two. An unconfident Leicester, we should say. Especially with Callum Wilson in attack. Now, Leicester, of course have a do-or-die fixture against Napoli and Naples in the Europa League on Thursday. They've also got a lot of personnel issues at the moment. Um, If they lose, actually it's this evening because this is Thursday morning we're recording, they'll be out of Europe altogether, I think. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Or at best, the Conference League, is it? Anyway, look, uh, uh, a defeat would mean bad things, Andy. (laughs) That would be a taxing game on Rodgers and his players because he's going to have to field pretty much everyone available to even get a team on the pitch. And there could be a certain degree of tiredness in their ranks as a result. Those factors suggest that Newcastle double chance at 5-4 or 2.25 is generous. The Magpies actually won 4-2 at the King Power Stadium in May under Steve Bruce. And the aforementioned Wilson scored twice. He's 6-4 to to repeat the trick on Sunday if that is your bag. But Newcastle double chance I might be a bit brave but... I think the factors kind of align with it a little bit anyway what do you think?
1: Yeah I I didn't want to jump in there and be all surprised at your betting prediction but uh, yeah very (laughs) solid um, very solid bets there Um, yeah I think I think Newcastle are they're they're going to be there's going to be a desperation setting in now for some of these players they're they're probably going to be a raft of incoming players in January and like a raft of
0: substandard incoming players let's let's say out loud because yeah. they're not going to be able to get anyone decent I don't think no and it's going to be a really
1: like I don't want to I don't like wishing ill on any club you know but like it would be a really fascinating scenario to watch if they if they were to get relegated with the financial backing it to have what that would look like in the championship you
0: know I think it would kind of look like when Wolves were down there and they started signing all these like Ruben Neves and all these guys to the championship yeah that's probably a fair comparison yeah and they'll probably win like 120 points
1: yeah I'm sure they'd come straight back up but it would be just fascinating to see like this this huge big takeover richest club in the world, there you know, yeah, yeah. and then to be relegated, you know, it just like it'd be it'd be really fascinating to watch. Like in, yeah, you and say again, fascinating, I say hilarious. Yeah, well, I meant I meant that I was trying to be a bit more diplomatic. You didn't want to be pissing off the Leicester fans. I didn't want to be getting loads of uh, tweets from Newcastle fans.
0: <laughs> well Newcastle fans, I mean, they have to accept that they're the bad guys now, and I, I know that's not a nice thing to put out there, but everyone else is going to want them to lose. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, everyone's kind of rooting against them right now.
0: Yeah. Right. So, um. Next game, Andy.
1: Um, right, so, well, the next game is... Is it even going to happen? This game might not go ahead. Uh, COVID-19 is currently ripping its way through the Spurs side. Their Europa Conference League game, um, as Simon just alluded to, was postponed. Um, so it's hard to know what kind of what kind of team they're going to be able to put out for this game. I don't really know if their first team has been affected, but how could it not be? You it has, know. yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I know that like, what the team that they would normally be putting out into the, the Conference League wouldn't always be... All-star first team. High-profile well. players there have been. Yeah, so I, I wasn't sure exactly who was been affected, but I mean, you, you, you Son, can't see it, you Lucas. Can, yeah, you can't see it not affecting the first yeah. the first team, like
0: and the coaches and stuff and the staff too. Like, yeah. and Antonio Conte said that they have families, they're worried. It's a scary time of course, for anyone who contracts it.
1: Of of course, so like it's the game is probably not going to happen. I would imagine, right? It won't. I don't. Both, but look, yeah. But Yeah. So it's but look, so it's I'm, I'm trying. I tried to have a look at Spurs, but it's it's really going to be hard to predict what kind of sides are going to be out there and it's completely going to colour my analysis of them to be honest so now before we piss off any Spurs fans <laughs> it's uh, the analysis we're going to be doing is is looking at like based the, on a the, depleted the, yeah, the, yeah the COVID situation because it's hard to make a call on what they're going to be like um, but Spurs have won three of their four games under Conte and they drew the other uh, they scored seven goals in the last three games so goals are starting to flow a little bit again for everyone except for Harry Kane who still can't seem to find the back of the net but then you've got Brighton on the other hand at home. Um, like we we kind of call them a surprise package. I'd say every week so far. Um, I alluded there the other week that like they've had four wins so far this season, but all four of them came within their first five matches. Uh, they've drawn five of their last six, with the only defeat being Stephen Jarrett's first game for Aston Villa, where they were pretty unlucky. They were pretty unlucky. They probably deserved to win that game, I would. I would say, um, but
0: they just can't score goals,
1: can they? That's that's their problem. They just draw all their games. Uh, their last win was on the nineteenth of September against what? Leicester. That was my birthday. Yeah, well, there you go. That's what. The, that's why they won it. You you were <laughs> you, you were like that Leicester team. <laughs> They're a stepping stone club. <laughs> So, they've had eight draws so far this season uh, with just three defeats. Those defeats have come against Everton, Man City, and the aforementioned uh, Aston Villa loss. So, generally speaking, they're, they're, they're low scoring games with under 2.5 goals coming in in 12 of their last 15 games this season. Blimey. Uh, when I say 12 of their last 15 games this season, I mean 12 of their 15 games this season. <laughs> uh, so, given the COVID thing, I feel like we probably should back Brighton here. Like, if the game was to go ahead, if Spurs were to just feel some, you know, weakened side. Um, even if the Spurs first team wasn't affected in a hypothetical scenario I, I think that you could still plump for a low scoring game so if um, you can get under 2.5 goals at 6-5 to uh, and if you do fancy Harry Kane to start hitting the onion sack this weekend you can get him at 8-5 to or 2.6 to score at any time the onion sack the onion that's sack. the
0: first onion sack of the entire pod series yeah, I think we should be bringing it back congratulations ok I like it yeah I like that one Um My last game of the weekend is Burnley versus West Ham at Turf Moor. So Burnley this season, well, they've kind of been true to type, I guess. They've won only once, but they've been awkward customers for plenty of opponents. Their standout result so far was a 1-1 draw with Chelsea on November 6th. They became the first team to lose to Newcastle last weekend, though, and they will start Sunday's game in third last place as a result. They are generally slow starters, but invariably they find a way to beat the drop. I imagine it'll be the same kind of scenario this season that will play out. Sometimes I wonder if some Burnley fans would welcome a season in the Championship just so they can win a good chunk of games. It kind of feels like they've had the same collection of players in the same season over and over again for about 20 years, caught in this perpetual cycle, scoring the same types of goals, putting in the same types of performances. They're kind of like that guy in work who eats the same ham and cheese sandwich every day for 40 years and never seems to get bored, of or his palate never seems to get bored. Um, I'd imagine they'll be tricky opponents for West Ham on Saturday too. The Irons are pretty decent, even money or 2.0 to win, which seems kind of generous given their form this season. Uh, They beat Chelsea last week 3-2 and they've actually performed really well against the league's better teams overall. But they have dropped points to kind of... They've lost... Well, they've dropped points against Palace, Southampton, Brentford, Wolves, Brighton. So there's kind of a definite pattern of underperformance in games that they're supposed to dominate. So Saturday's game it kind of has a look of a potential banana skin maybe for the Hammers with that record in mind so it might be wise to steer clear of the match result markets and instead stick to a more safe looking both teams to score which is 7-10 to 10 or 1.7 it's one of my podcast staples yeah yeah But it it's, the like it's, reliable. it's the all it's reliable it's the old reliable Burnley scored six times in their last two home matches would you believe that's crazy
1: yeah. and, and things will go out the window for the Claret and Blue Derby
0: I didn't want to bring up Nicknames for this one <laughs> uh, I, I prefer the nicknames That are animals And things that can hurt each other <laughs> uh, West Ham have uh, They've only got two clean sheets In their last 11 matches And both teams to score Landed in 8 of the same games So Patterns I see patterns Andy Yeah. And those patterns are worth backing In my opinion
1: yeah, I think that's always a safe. Like they're always kind of all reliable bets for a reason. So
0: and one point seven. I suppose if you see both teams to score offering for any Premier League game and it's over one point six seven, like over four to six, it's always if you're not sure what to go. Go yeah. BTDS. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last game of the weekend.
1: Last game of the whole weekend. Okay, so that's Crystal Palace uh, hosting Highfly in Everton all the way up in 12th. But um, <laughs> Palace seem to be going through a bit of a rough spot at the moment. Um, in their opening 10 games, they'd only lost two, different, you know, they only lost twice, and those were against Liverpool and Chelsea. However, they've now lost their last three games against Aston Villa, Leeds, and Man United. And if you extend that run back, just another touch. Um, they haven't won any of their last four. They haven't had that three-three draw with Burnley uh, just before that current uh, streak of defeats. So Everton, on the other hand, had a really big win on Monday night. Uh, they had a big comeback in the last ten minutes. With ten minutes to go, they were sitting in sixteen point in sixteen place, just two points off of relegation. But now they're twelfth, and they've got a little bit of breeding room but that win ended a run of 9 games without a win stretching back to a 2-0 win over Norwich on the 25th of September that's oh. like a week after your birthday
0: yes yeah. nearly
1: yeah yeah 6 days after your birthday mm-hmm. yeah. um so look this it's a tough it's a tough game because i i still think palace are a really solid side overall but you can't deny that they are on this little run now of four games without a win and everton should have a little bit of a bounce and a bit of a boost in confidence after winning especially in the manner that they did so I'm going for Everton to win at 32 to 10 or 3.3 is where I would be putting my money. I know that that's a bit big, but that's where I'd be putting my money. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's a nice big like a that's the biggest price that we finished on actually. Yeah, yeah, I just It's worth staying like listening to the whole show. would got the biggest price.
1: Value in both teams to score seem to be really low. Uh, over 2.5 goals seem to be really low. Palace or like I said, they're on a losing streak right now and Everton have just got that little bit of confidence. I think every now and again it's nice to have one that's kind of a slight punt, you know, yeah, where I you can so, get a yeah. little bit extra Low value. stake kind of thing. Yeah, low stake, but yeah. you know, so that's what I'm going
0: for. Yeah, I like it. Nice one. Okay, that's 10 games out of 10. Um, thanks to all of you as always for tuning in. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you do like the show and like what you hear, we would really appreciate a follow on Spotify and maybe even a share with your friends if you're feeling generous. The more followers and listeners we get, the likelier it is we'll be able to keep producing shows. As always, make sure to check out Odds Profit on Facebook and, of course, their official website for their latest expert tips. And most importantly of all, remember to gamble responsibly. So it's goodbye from me till next week. And goodbye from me. Thanks, everyone.